Welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hey, hey, this is Mike with another Halftime Mike podcast. It's all about giving you something practical in the digital realm to help you improve your business, improve your business marketing online. All right, in my last podcast episode, we dove into hiring digital workers, and I gave you my outline for the process of getting to the interview and the the steps and the tests that I take and I said that we wanted to carry on in part two which is today with the interview process so just for those of you who may not have heard the first one for those of you who need a refresher let me recap some of the steps of uh, part one so you obviously have to have a detailed job description and I want you to include in that the because we're hiring digital workers here and again the scenario is that you may not meet with them in person and you need to evaluate their digital skills and we need to be able to do that by doing some things online to get a hold of that in order to get hold of their digital skills I go through that process which I outlined there which is first off you have to have your job description it must be detailed you must include the tools and software that they must be able to use or have experience in if you use Google Hangouts include it Skype include it those types of things then I give them my first test. They submit it and I give them instructions on how to submit it. So if I have told them to submit it with a the resume with a cover letter, then I expect there better be a cover letter with it, all right? And um, I want to see you know how they communicate in those, but I want to see did they follow the instructions. So that was a simple test number one. Then I review the resume ruthlessly, okay? Because I don't feel like they improve any ever from what their resume displays so if there are misspellings if there are grammatical mistakes if there are gaps um, you know I just don't tolerate it because you have an opportunity to review your resume over and over you have an opportunity to have other people review it to have all kinds of sets of eyes on it. there's just no excuse for having gaps you want people who are thorough and so the resume is the first piece that should be thorough there's no excuse for it if there if it is not thorough i move on because no one has ever improved over what they give me in their resume if they do not proof their resume they will not proof their work okay that's the bottom line and um, i review that resume and if they pass the test resume is okay it's um, been evaluated and it flows with the job objective that I've outlined they've tailored it that way then I'm going to respond to them via email this is my test number two it gives me a chance to evaluate their email communication skills because again I said everyone can review the resume and have you know hundreds of people uh, prove it but people typically don't do that with email so I'm gonna follow up and say hey thanks got your resume and you know had an initial question about this and I, I try to ask them that question I try to make it open-ended and I am looking for what they say so that's my second test there and again this is all in part one so I'm not going to go into details you got to listen to that if you want that 
Um, if they've done well there, then I'm going to keep going and I'm going to re research them online. Because okay, and, and I should say I do it in this order because I'm trying to be efficient here, folks. I've got a lot of stuff going on and I don't have time to uh, sift through loads of stuff. So I've, I've given them time to review their resume at this point in time. And if they pass that, I've given them time to, for me to ask them a question and see how they respond to that. Uh, so only if they pass these things do I keep going because I've got a lot going on. I don't have time to drill down into each person. If they pass this, then I research them online. So I'm taking a look at when I Google them, what do I find? When I go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram, what do I find? What what kind of company are they keeping? What kind of comments are they sharing? Are people sharing on their feeds, their wall? I'm trying to get to know them better. And then I, if they pass that, if there's any question marks again, I let them go. Okay, I just I move them off the list. I don't need it because uh, time and time again, what I see has proven to be true. And if I think, well, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. I've always just lived to regret it later on. Uh, those things have been magnified later on once they've been hired. And then you go through that whole process of trying to work with them or having to let them go. Not pretty. So my third test then is to set up a small test to evaluate their skills. This should be something that's relevant to the job. If it's a coder, it should involve coding. If it's um, your bookkeeper, it should involve something with accounting. If it is with social media, it should be involve something with uh, social media scheduling, creating posts. If it is with content, it's writing, those types of things. A, a tangible, specific piece. And I'm, I'm willing to pay them for that because I want to see how they do it. And I ask them when they can have it done and they set the deadline, they tell me when they can get it done. You know, we agreed upon a cost figure for that. It's in their court with my specific instructions and their deadline. If they miss it, they don't follow the instructions, they're out, okay? So that was uh, test number three. And then, if they've passed this, so they've, they've proven they've done some work and that's come back um, looking great, and I will then move on to set the first interview. And the interview is something that I do online, and I'll schedule that with them according to their needs, their wishes. So if it's Google Hangout or if it's Skype, you know, we will set that up. And I typically say that it's only going to be uh, 30 minutes. I just try to make it a streamlined one to begin with uh, because ultimately I want to have a second interview with them. But I'm again, I'm trying to be efficient with my time, so it's going to be a 30-minute interview, and I have specific areas that I cover in the interview. So we've set our 30 minutes uh, Skype, let's say, and when we get together online. So again, I'm using Skype or Hangouts because I'm testing their technology skills. You know, I've had some that have uh, come on and couldn't get their audio working. And, um, you know, it was clear to me this was the first time they were using that, even though that they had said that this was a tool that they were familiar with. Or I've had someone who has been in a car and was you know, sitting in the driver's seat and uh, was you know, not prepared for the meeting. So I'm, I'm looking for a professional appearance. This is your first time meeting me. This is how you're going to handle first impressions. How do you feel about it? How, how do you take the time and effort if you're, you know, in a t-shirt and shorts for this professional position, then I can only assume that that's just the way you're going to operate with me, with potential 
clients of ours and is that what I want? I have to evaluate that. So I am visually evaluating you on uh, how you appear. You should appear professional. I don't care if it is not face-to-face, but it is via a video conference. You should prepare at a minimum at what you think is a step above the professional appearance you need for that position. So then I dive into a number of areas. I'm going to go over them quickly and then I'll drill into detail on those. So my I start out with a history, vision of the company and insider tidbits. So they're learning a little bit more about the country, the company, our company, um, both just to, you know an overview, but you know maybe some current things. So that's the first section. So that's basically me talking. Then my second section is an invitation for them to share, and I'll tell you more about that. Third section is open-ended questions about past roles. This is from their resume. I've taken the time to take a look at this. I've thought through some questions about their past roles I want to learn more about. That was my third section. My fourth one then is deeper open-ended questions. It's not about specific past roles, but it is more about them as a person, things that relate to their what they think their greatest strength is. Um, I'll go into those details. That was my one, two, three, fourth. My fifth section then is questions on specific software and tools. Again, things that I've pointed out in the job opportunity are necessary and that I want to get a hold of their background and experience with over time. Sixth item, sixth area, is um, some role-specific conversation. So I want to talk to them about the expectations for this particular role and what it means, you know, time commitments, flexibility, those types of things. Uh, outline what my expectations are just so that we have um, things that are out on the table. They know what that is and they can you know, nod their head or ask questions about those pieces. Then I like to ask them what are their salary expectations. Most of the time I've given people a range and that's all in the job opportunity that's listed. So they, they know the range from low to high and I ask them what their expectations are and I put that on them because I want to know what they say. How do they handle that question? Are they clear? Are they, do they stumble with that? Do they go low? Do they go high? Um, let's just get that out on the table and talk about that and their response and the way they handle that is a good indicator to me of um, you know how we're going to be able to go forward. If they're way out of line, way high, well, I want to know that up front. If they're um, low, you know, I want to know perhaps why that is. Is, uh, is, is. What's the reason for that? Are they selling themselves short? Is there a confidence issue? Then one of the most important things I do is I give them another assignment to complete. Okay, I ask them that they would give me email addresses for their references. Some people have already given me references in the when they submit their resume. Others have not. References available upon request. So now I request them most times they have not given me um, ones with email addresses and I say I like to contact their references via email with with some questions that I have put together so please give me their uh, email addresses of three of your references why do I do that because we're talking now and I want to see if they follow through 
because this conversation is going to continue. So I'm trying to test their ability to recall something, retain it, and give me that information. Why? Because you work with me, you've got to have that skill. That's an important in a digital worker. We're going to be communicating, we're going to be chatting online, we're going to be talking, there's going to be lots of information. You need to be able to keep track of things in that. So I give them that task towards the end, but not at the very end. I don't want that to be the last thing. I finally ask them if they have any questions for me. I do that on purpose, and I think they should have questions. If they have done their homework, they should have looked at your company, looked at your website, looked at the job option, the opportunities, the things that we've talked about, or things that have been listed in this conversation, and they should have questions. I don't like it when they say they don't have questions. As I want them for me to show that they've taken the time to drill into this further to try to get to know who we are and that they care about that. They're not just looking for a job. They're looking for a good fit and a, you know, a, a career move. And so I like and think that they should have questions. That's my last piece there. I try to go through what their questions are. But again, I'm limiting this to 30 minutes and gearing up for um, did they remember to send me those email references afterwards. All right, so that was my overview of those. Now let me just go back uh, to those and talk a little bit more. So my first section was history and vision. And that's where uh, I do just that. I want to tell how long we've been clients, approximately how many clients we have, the, the range, who's our ideal client, okay? So I'm covering that because that's our... Uh, you know, that buyer persona, who, who is that target? And um, particularly if they're in the sales realm, because I want to know if this person can identify with that uh, ideal client. I will also share with them our company core values and uh, talk about that. This is how we operate. These are the, the values that are important to us. This is the way we try to function, because I want to get that out there early. I will bring that up in this interview at the beginning. Um, I would also bring that up if they make it to an interview too, and I would bring that up in the uh, job offer and final conversation. The second section that I talked about was the invitation to share, and so I invite them to share about themselves. You know, I've got what's listed in the resume, which is typically pretty stale information. I worked here, I worked here, I did this in school, uh, and that's it. So I just I try to leave that open. And what do you like to do? What do you like to do outside of work? And tell me about yourself. That gives them an opportunity to express themselves. It's um, not a question that is that they can memorize typically ahead of time, but they should be able to articulate it. And it does give me some just indicators, helpful information about what their hobbies are, their interests, um, you know, their, their, their background fits, whether, how they spend their time. And uh, that's important information for me to use. So I like to drill into that one. You know, and so that's often helpful. You can find some type of commonality that uh, you can touch base on, whether you, uh, you know, it's a hobby that you share in common, sports team that you both like, you know, you know whatever that is. The third area was uh, the open-ended questions about past roles. So, so again, you know, I'm going into something specific that I saw in one of their roles, and I want to have them 
expand upon that further. So, you know, if it's a uh, increased sales by this percent uh, from this year to this year, you know, maybe it's a question about, you know, tell me about some of the strategies that you uh, employed to do that. Um, how do you, I see you, you manage this project. What were the tools that you used and how do you organize yourself um, digitally or on paper? So those are some of the ones that are specific to those past roles of theirs. Uh, then the deeper open-ended questions. Questions like, you know, what interested you about this position? What do you feel your greatest strength is? What do you feel your greatest weakness is? What motivates you? What role do you like to play on a team? Um, you know, tell me about a time when a project didn't go well in your past job and what you did to work at that situation. Uh, you, you're just trying to find things that can help them tell their story, tell a story, so that you can get a feel for them as a person, problem solver, skill set. Um, what was my next area? My next area was those software specific tools. So again, if they've talked about QuickBooks Online as an experience for, that they've used in bookkeeping, I might ask them if they have experience with uh, using classes in QuickBooks and just verifying that when they say QuickBooks that, that they are talking about the online version and not the software version, you know, those types of things. And I might drill into some other software-specific questions. Uh, you know, how do you feel about the difference between Google Sheets versus Excel, and which do you prefer, uh, or do you use, uh, you know, Numbers and, and with a Mac? And um, this is typically how we do things. So you try to get a little conversation started about the specific tools, how you use tools, and. Um, Again, my next area was role-specific conversations, so some of the tasks I want to drill into deeper that are important in this role. So, you know, if it's, if it's a coder, it's like, hey, you know, this app is heavily using JavaScript and it's going to involve some um, definite interactions with these APIs. Talk about those. If it's in the bookkeeping realm, I'm going to you know, identify it's going to involve reconciling credit card statements. Um, if it is in the sales realm, it's going to be, you know, how we use some marketing automation pieces within that. We use lead capture, um, those types of questions. The salary one I already talked about, uh, I just asked them that specifically. They already know what my low range is, my high range. And then it was after that, which was when my key question was, uh, the next test, which was to please email me the email addresses of your references. I want at least three of them so that I can follow up with them. So they shouldn't give me two. They might be able to give me four, but they should definitely include them with email addresses. And I've had people that have given me three references. None of them had email addresses included with that. And I said that and I clarified that. So guess what? They were off the list. Okay. I just do this because if you can't follow through in the little details, at this moment, when, it, when you're trying to get a position, you're trying to get a contractor job, you're trying to get a new position, you can't follow through in the details then. You will not follow through in the details when I need you to, so you're off my list. Okay? I am just a bear about these things and ruthless with these 
only because I've learned the hard way. I have experimented with this, and it has not gone well, and so this is critical to me. Then, like I said before, I want them to ask me if they have any questions, and they should have questions. I just think that anybody worth their salt should be thinking through this company uh, that they might work with and thinking through the requirements of the job and have at least two to three questions uh, ready. And, you know, obviously you do answer some of those as you talk in the conversation, so maybe you have answered those. But if it's the kind of person I'm looking for, it's a person that can process and think quickly and so would be able to articulate a follow-up question to something that's relevant in the conversation. So that is my interview process. Keep it to 30 minutes, and I let it go from there. And again, that's on Google Hangout or Skype. And when it's done, I wait to see how long it takes for them to get me my uh, references. If they do, if they follow up, if they had email addresses, and if... So then I move on to getting those references information out. And I do that typically via email because it's efficient for me. Ask about eight questions, and uh, I can even list those in the blog post after this. See if I can get those references back. If I have trouble getting those, those references back, I might touch base with the applicant and say, hey, I've got one of these or I've got two of these, but I haven't gotten the last one. Really would look forward to getting that uh, just to continue the evaluation process. So I try to put some impetus on them. Can they go after their people and make it happen? Again, I'm looking for that. Somebody that, that is hungry enough to want to chase it down and make sure I get what I need. If all that comes back, good. And uh, now I'm going to evaluate everyone according to that. So I might have had um, 10 applicants through that whole process, I might have wheedled it down to uh, two or three that I ultimately made it to the interview process. Then with those two or three, I'm going to you know, evaluate them. After that interview, Does did anyone fall off? Maybe it went from three to two. Maybe it went from two to one. Maybe it went to none. Uh, but let's just say uh, someone made the cut. Then I've got their references back. I am going to follow up with a little bit more email conversation. Hey, you know, got your last references there. Wanted to continue this conversation. You would look forward to a second interview. I'm going to involve um, these people in that interview. And I typically like to involve someone else from my team in that second interview. I'm not wasting their time ahead of time. I might have involved someone in the first interview. I might not have. But in the second interview, if I'm really thinking about hiring them, I'm going to try to have another team member involved. And um, for that second interview, um, it's a chance to recap some things. It's a chance to follow up on what some of the references said. And it's a chance to, um, again, reemphasize core values, uh, job details, job specifics, go into insider tidbits a little bit more in our company. Maybe talk, if, if it's a programmer, for instance, and I have another senior developer with me, we can talk a little bit more. Um, geeky stuff there, coding language, so that the developer can get a feel for that person's experience, how they like to handle some things. They would have reviewed the code in the test to begin with already, but it's a chance to go a little deeper. I'll talk core values and um, gives my team a chance, gives me a final chance to ask some questions, gives them a final chance to ask me questions. From there, I should know whether I want to make an offer or not. 
And uh, again, in that final offer, I'm going to have the job offer, the details, the salary, and I'm also going to emphasize, again, the core values, and I typically like to call them with that offer, um, send it across so they can review it, but go over the core values and tell them how I see them fitting into the team. So that is my process, and particularly today was part two where we went into the interview process because I think it is imperative that you have a plan and that you follow that plan and that you evaluate that plan. And this has proven to be a plan that has worked for our company because, again, I've learned from experience that a failure to do so is typically a failure in the hiring process, which costs us time, costs us money down the pike. We want to hire slow, um, and we know that if we don't, if we if we rush that, we can regret it. If there are any hesitations, any question marks, any red flags, uh, it, it, it must be a no because that has proven time and time again that people never exceed expectations. They only magnify what you saw, the, the, the hesitation that you had, whatever that um, potential weakness was, will only be magnified uh, when they're on your team. So if they're, if they're missing details, if they're missing a deadline, if they can't communicate well verbally, if they can't communicate well written, it will not improve. Okay. So that's it from me this week in the Halftime Mike podcast. Come on over to MikeEnglish.com slash podcast to see the full show notes. Go to HalftimeMike.com. That will also redirect you there. And hopefully this is a guide to help you interview better for digital workers. All right, this is Mike. Over and out. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.